This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Today our essential question is, what is diet culture? Why is it so insidious? And how is it related to white privilege and the patriarchy? This episode is brought to you by Talking About Body Weight. When all other topics are exhausted, the weather, sports, politics... Go back to that old standby, talking about the earthly mass of human bodies. Unhappy with your girth? Extremely thrilled about your recent weight loss? Curious about someone else's body and don't care whether or not you make them uncomfortable by asking about their size? Go for it, champ. This topic is extra effective when used with complete strangers in public locations, and especially fun when those people clearly don't want to talk about it. Discussing body weight comes in an expression, expressive range of human emotions, from I'm happy with where I am right now, to this terrestrial container is really just a flush prison. Hmm. Start today. Hashtag Fitzbo. Hashtag Thinsbo. Hashtag wellness. Hashtag blessed. With us today is a wonderful guest. So wonderful. Stephanie Skaggs. Hello. Hello. She's a high school humanities educator here in Tacoma. Um, we actually had uh, the privilege of working with you for a short while at yeah. Lincoln. So lucky. She's third generation Tacoman and has a BA and master's in teaching from Western Washington University. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Also, you forgot to add woman of thickness. Woman of thickness, sorry, with two C's. <laughs> with two with C's. Two C's. Yeah. And all the K's. Sorry, I didn't put it in there and it wasn't. That's okay. It was an error of omission. I apologize. Um, Stephanie, we know each other. This is a fun fact from grad school. We go way back. We go way back. We were in the same grad cohort. Mm. Yeah. And started when, at the bottom. Now yeah. you're here. Mm-hmm. And well, and when you worked at you worked in Miller Market. Oh, I did. And then yeah, and then I was like, Who's that cool girl? I want to be her friend. Wait, what's and then Miller we were, Market. It's like a cafe on campus. Yeah. And I was okay. like, Who's that cool girl? I want to be her friend. And then we were in the same grad cohort. It was awesome. That was great. We got a bond over the fact that we were the only two people in our grad school cohort who knew what layaway was. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Cause we had really? talked, yeah. We had um we had a whole thing about I, mm. I feel like we should still do this probably, but um two women show about um about what it means, like stuff poor kids know about. Like if you grew up poor, you know about layaway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And if you grew up poor, you um, didn't know that you weren't supposed to eat the bay leaf. <laughs> yeah, you just ate it. Because genteel yeah. people teach their children to not you eat, eat the bay the leaf. You eat the mint, don't you, also? And sure. the, yeah. all the other garnishes? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. yeah, you know about government cheese. So we have a whole <laughs> we have a whole set. It's really, it's pretty good. We're, yeah, we're workshopping yeah. it. Yeah, it's been, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give it another decade or so. I think it'll be well-seasoned and we can, you know, finally share it with the pub- general public. So you grew up in Tacoma. Can you yes. tell us a little about your journey? about how you got to Western and why yeah. you're an educator now today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, at the Tacoma Runs Deep. My grandparents uh, moved here from the Midwest, I think in the 50s. And then uh, so my both of my parents grew up in Tacoma. My dad was a Wilson grad. My nice. mom went to Washington High School, Ooh. so out in Parkland. Um, let's see. So I went to Wilson myself. Then I, you know, I just, uh, both my, neither of my parents went to college. So yeah. even though I was a 4.0 student, I applied to one school and that's how wow. I ended up at Western. That's awesome. So, <laughs> and yeah. I loved it. I ended yeah. up liking it. So good. Western's rad. Yeah. yeah. But I'm pretty passionate now about helping kids get to college because I'm like, hey, don't do any of the things that I do. <laughs> <laughs> so why'd you become a teacher? Man, I love I well I first went into it cuz I've always loved reading. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this will be a way for me to do mm-hmm. what I what I love to do, reading and writing in a professional context and actually make money." Kind of that <laughs> yeah. that uh, yeah. that poor kid yeah. mindset, oh, yeah. you know. So that was originally what got me into it, but yeah. when I actually started doing the work, it's the kids are awesome, as mm-hmm. you know, and and being able to have that um, impact on people's lives has been something that I've fallen in love with. So that's yeah. why I'm sticking with it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So this episode is like framing of our new year. Yeah. So I, you know, something that always comes up every year. I feel like we talked about this this time last year too. Is just like conversations about well, I mean, wellness, right? In the new year, people have all these things. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to be my best self, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. a lot of times, new year, new me. Yeah, wellness is sometimes a euphemism for weight loss. Oh. And so I wanted to talk about dieting and weight loss mm-hmm. because I feel like it's something that everyone has experience with, particularly women. Yep. Um, and not especially white women. I feel like all women have pressure, people with lady bodies have pressure to like diet and lose weight. But um, 
it also affects men as well. I don't know. It's just an interesting topic generally, but then also for the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, I'm wondering, um, I have some questions around this and I don't know whatever you feel comfortable answering, but have you ever, have you ever tried a diet? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so diets I have tried, I want to like go way back in Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And that I feel like this is something that you kind of inherit from yes. your relatives. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? I agree. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, I have a grandmother who was put on a diet when she was five years old. Ooh, five wow. years old. That's some old that's school. That's really young. Yeah, that's <laughs> some old school stuff. Why do you need to be on a diet at five? They're like, you're just, you know, it's a little, little too, too much. A little too much. A little too much. Taking, taking up a little too much space. Oh, poor kid. So, so that episode might be sad. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's like when you asked me to do it, I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." But this, you know, yeah. it's it is it it's is a heavy topic. It's heavy oh, because that yeah. was terrible. It's a it's a, a difficult topic. It's I was loaded. not. That was not a. That's a yeah. loaded topic. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a loaded baked potato. But um, of a topic. I yeah. I don't. Uh, in terms of me, like I feel like I've had friends who've been crazier, but I've definitely yeah. like um. As like a teenager, it was yep. like, oh, there's, oh yeah. there's a soup out there that'll make you lose weight. Oh, sure. oh, yeah. Okay, Dolly Parton diet. Hello, yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> Nobody that? else. Okay, it's the cab. Basically, it's cabbage soup. Cabbage diet. soup. Yeah. But I think it got named after Dolly Parton because she did it for like a hot second. And I don't know. The she 90s, has like a 13 inch soup. waist or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's basically <laughs> you're oh, eating a, a soup, a vegetable soup that essentially has all of the ingredients that there's so many the ingredients that are so low calorie that they the theory was that they eat other calories. Sure. So like. Yeah. <laughs> Negative calories. That's what that's exactly. called. Yeah. So like celery. I hate that I know yeah. what that's one called. of the items in yeah. there, right? And yeah. celery doesn't even have enough calories. Oh, so oh, it you know, another one is leeks. Leeks are a diuretic. Metabolism. Mm. That was yeah. the, the French women don't get fat. Yeah. They said eat leek soup every day for a month for your reset. That's what it was called. Yeah. You reset your metabolism. There's a lot of you. It's gonna be yeah. a lot of euphemism episode. Oh yeah. Like, it's reset. I, yeah. I feel yeah, like reset. cleanse in the nineties. Refresh. Rejuvenate. Every every decade has its own like. Um, and I found a great graph about diet trends, and I. I'll, we'll have to link it in the show notes, but it was basically like, um, like when are these buzzwords popular? And it was like Atkins was like, or like, mm-hmm. like eighties, nineties kind of like, but they kind of like have these peaks in popularity and how much they're used. Um, paleo, but paleo, yeah, Keto. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they kind of like, um, you know, um, come and go, right? But like, I was thinking about the nineties, how in the back of like teen magazines, it was always like. The advertisements for Fat Camp in the back of like Seventeen magazine. Do you remember those? No, I don't. I never got magazines. It was always one of those little <laughs> ads in the back that it was like. Um, I used to wish I had magazines. Yeah. But apparently now I don't. Yeah. Well, it was. They were kind of. I mean, it wasn't in every magazine, but it was like this um, sweet chubby girl in like a one piece swimsuit, and it was <laughs> oh, no. like go to go to weight loss camp in La Jolla, California. They were always in Southern California. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so nice um, down there. Yeah, because it's so nice. <laughs> go all summer and lose sixty pounds or whatever, and it was just like and that was a really common one I remember from like my tweenhood. But yeah. you were in the Philippines though. Yeah, so, I think some of like yeah. I definitely had body image issues that started early um in part because I was an American sized kid. Mm. Um like white German Irish I mean all the things that are inherited mm-hmm. um like biologically whatever um and so I remember like pretty early on having people like talk about how fat I was um and I I look back at pictures and I'm like I was kind of not really a fat kid like mm-hmm. I just was kind of whatever quote-unquote average size mm-hmm. but not feeling that way um I remember someone saying you look like a pig to me when I was like eight mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. um and feeling bad about it because even then even though I knew like they were kind of trying to compliment me because they're you know in a lot of Asian cultures it's like positive to have mm-hmm. be healthy and to be heavier because yeah. it means you have money and like mm-hmm. wealth and, and power right mm-hmm. that's associated with that but that's not how it felt yeah um and then of course as i'm like tween like i can't fit in, in anything because in, yeah. in the 90s there like sizes weren't the same way they right. are now now with processed food that's traveling around the world <laughs> yeah. and globalization sizing has even changed a lot yeah. um yeah so i remember, I remember I, that started yeah. early and, feel, and feeling pretty bad about that i can't i can't like even as a, a teenager i couldn't wear like juniors size Things. No, and they never that, fit. Oh, right? made me feel horrible. Yeah, because you're like in women's size. I'm like, yeah, I'm a medium. And then in um, junior size, I was like a two X. And I'm like, what? That's not doesn't make any sense. I couldn't buy the cute things that everybody else was wearing. Or you couldn't buy the, what was that catalog that we used to get? Delias. Delias. And they oh, they had a my real, friend did have mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. They I had like a real brick and mortar <laughs> store at South Center for a while, which I was just like, whoa, it's like so cool. And then I was like, it's not cool anymore because I'm an adult. But like, I remember thinking like, I can't fit in any of that stuff. 
no, I'll never be able to wear it. Demoralizing mall trip with your friends. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So what do you all think about this idea of like a diet culture? I mean, that's part of our mm-hmm. our EQ today. Like, what is this diet culture that we seem in America to be really, really obsessed with health and wealth or wellness and fitness and wealth is part of that. But yeah, um, yeah. but at the same time, like we struggle as a society yeah. with body shaming and body image you know, and I, being this, unhealthy. This and, idea actually kind of came up originally, hope because of something you said about how women in particular speaking kind of coded language about weight loss Mm -hmm. or coded language about bodies, right? So, like, um, I think about it as um, diet culture is this sort of quiet acceptance among Mm. women that we sort of say shit about our bodies, like mean stuff about our bodies, and Mm -hmm. then we just kind of, it's sort of like a camaraderie. You know, like, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I feel kind of crappy about myself, right? And then you get everybody rallying around you and be like, no, you look great, you know? And it's sort of like um, it's sort of like a social... Experience, if that makes sense. Totally. What do you think, Stephanie? I think, yeah, I can, I can definitely buy that. I'm, I think, um, so much of it is tied to wealth, though, right? Absolutely. It's, it's like if we're looking at, at, um, like the at food, right? Mm-hmm. The food that I grew up on. Yeah. It's like you know we're talking box mac and cheese. Absolutely. We're talking, it's a sign of status to yeah. to have a thin body. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think that's a huge a huge part of yeah. it. It's, you it's don't necessarily inter- get that yeah. on like cheese filled hot dogs, which we had no. a lot of at my house, and like. Yeah, that is a big part of it is money, right? Mm-hmm. And even like thinking about like extreme weight loss, you think about the show that's literally called Extreme Weight Loss. The people <laughs> who do that, it's their full time job to exercise and and to and drink cabbage. Yeah, water, I'm like right? if, I, if I wasn't working full time as a teacher and like an <laughs> English teacher, like, reading <laughs> yeah. essays all the time, right? Like yeah. I'm like I would definitely work out. Like maybe I'd have Absolutely. a chef. I like cooking, but maybe I'd have a chef. And, sure, like, yeah, I'd be so fit. Yeah, what if you had somebody to like make all your food for you and then like be your personal trainer? and, like, Ooh. help you. You know, it would yeah. be, like, if you had access to that, it would Someone make Someone to motivate it... me to do push-ups. Yeah. And, and the irony, of course, is that you're perceived yes. in, in this body as being lazy. Mm, right. So it's like, you're, yeah. like, the, the, the laziest yeah. times of yeah. my life are when I've been in the greatest health, you yeah, know? Yeah, right? Because, yes, so it, it's, like, typically... Um, I It's it's one of those things... I, I, I can't... You can't divorce talking about weight from talking about, about like, race and class. Right. You, yep. you just can't. Because, Absolutely. Because it's one thing that I think of, like, I've had the privilege of understanding what it, like, as, as a white person, you can't see me on the yeah. on mic here. Stephanie's white. I am white. Yeah. But um, but it's something, like, I, I can know if someone meets me that they're already yeah. making assumptions about me based mm-hmm. on my physical presence. And yeah. that's something, and of course, it's something, like, I have the privilege, I could, something I could change. Yeah. In fact, culture says you should you have should the will. Change. You should change. Because mm. it's a willpower issue. Yeah. Yep. You are, like, yep. not, you don't ha- you're not strong enough. Yeah, right? yeah. You're, not only are you lazy, you're also weak. You're weak. And why isn't, why isn't that a number one? priority for you right, right. Now. like it make it be. your thing make it your priority so can you talk more about how you see all of those things linked together well i think i mean just kind of going back to what we're saying about about access to food and and what kind of at, like certain communities in our in yeah. our country what access to food are we having what right. what access to education are we having and what mm-hmm. as as it res, uh, regards healthy food yeah and so so much of that there you can't you can't disconnect the two yeah absolutely I totally agree. And I was thinking about like um, like in Tacoma, for example, we have such a stark kind of contrast in certain neighborhoods between like rich and poor. And you think about like um, kind of the, the food deserts in Tacoma mm-hmm. have, are in the poorest communities, right? Um, so it's it's very real for not just for us, but for our students, right? Like we, you know, as educators, like we say that in our schools as well. Um I don't know if it's like my perception or not, but like I feel like, um, I feel like the kind of conversations about obesity mm-hmm. have shifted or changed since we were in school, and I don't know if that's like if you've seen like kind of the same thing. I remember people like my teacher in health class talking really explicitly about obesity will kill you, and that's not as much of an emphasis anymore. And I don't know if that's just because in the early two like late nineties or early two thousands it was like the obesity epidemic, right? Like it was a, kind of a specter over everyone. But do you think that's that kind of language around that has changed over the last twenty years or so? Hmm. Am I making that up? I might segue. Perfectly yeah. Oh, into you, have a, you have a primary <laughs> yeah. source oh, you document. Have a, book, um, a primary source document. Well, I, I was just thinking about like Michelle Obama's push um, for yeah. around like mm. moving, get up sure. and move, and some of that. I I think part of it. I mean, as as problematic as things are still today around body shaming and body size issues and and whatever other kinds mm-hmm. of things we want to call it, what other other isms. Um, I do think there's 
in some sense, there's some progress that's made because we're starting to realize that, like, you might be, quote unquote, what someone cl- classified as obese, but you can yeah. still be actually healthy. Right. And so I think about our Olympic athletes who are not like the power, traditional like size. Powerlifters. Yeah. Right. But yet, like, we're saying, like, actually, this is the new norm. And, like, yeah. just because you are you have a larger physical body doesn't mean that right. you're not healthy, that you're not active, that your heart not, is not right. amazing. And I think that that's a consensus among, like, what I've read from, like, dietitians. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. or if you, you can be a healthy at any size, like, if you... You are, I don't know. It, yeah, it's it's kind of. I feel like the that's more acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's I think there's been a little bit of shift around that. Not quite enough, though. Not enough. Yeah, yeah. never enough. What's your primary source that you brought? Oh yeah. So my primary source because I. <coughs> We, we got to look because, OK, so to preface this, of course, there's always people like when you asked me to come talk about this topic, like yeah. my gut reaction was nervousness. Because if you look at Absolutely. the if you look at the YouTube comments of any time someone's talking about body positivity, it is vitriolic. Yeah, it is yeah, it's yeah. dark. Nasty. Yeah, it yeah. is really nasty. And so a common misconception is it's not that like saying your body positive isn't saying like. I'm glorifying obesity. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Or I think, you know, like, or, or some kind of anti-health stance. It's like, no, I think I should be treated like a human being hey, stance. Yeah, because yeah. I possess a body. And, yeah. like, I usually just respect that I have. Exactly. Yeah, that I'm here. Yeah. But so the stuff that we're talking about, it has real roots in our culture. So I brought in a primary source document. Mm. This is the um, the classic 1972, The Joy of Sex, A Gourmet oh. Guide to Lovemaking. Excellent. Gourmet. Yeah. That's an interesting word to use. And, That's awesome. And inside, it actually calls it a Cordon Blue guide. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so good. And it's honestly, it's one of my favorite things. I yeah. picked it up at a Goodwill in like 2008. And it's it's one of my favorite um, possessions that I have. It has, awesome. has a lot of full color illustrations. Oh, I'm sure. I'll spare sure you guys. Yeah, we'll appreciate but that. Do tell a, us. A lot of good stuff. And, and, and in a lot of ways, this was a really like progressive document that helped. It was groundbreaking. Yeah. It helped a lot of people out. 1972. 1972, yeah. my friends. So yeah. there's a section, and I'm just going to warn you, I didn't write this. Uh, okay. No, it's fine. So um, there's a section in the back called Problems. Problems. Uh, a lot of problems in there. A lot of problems. Okay. <laughs> they have one section called Obesity. Okay. <clears throat> Fatness in our culture is unlovely. We know someone whose pretty, fat daughter can only get Middle Eastern boyfriends because of this norm. Whoa. What? Whoa. What? (laughs) Renoir's women who, when naked, look ideal for sex, would look a little too plump today if clothed. What? And it goes on. But that's the part that I can't ever forget about. 1972. Where's the shame (laughs) about Get the shame. (laughs) That's a shame bill. That's for shameful things. That's my primary source document. So if we're talking about about how, like, the history of it, not that so far in the past, of, of how we're talking about race obviously intersection of kind yeah. of race yep. and wow so discuss <laughs> that's intense um all the words i want to say are not wow are not i feel like it's so i feel like that's so negative about like um the, like renoir's like <laughs> models too because you think about like and now would be too overly plump dressed or whatever like you think that that that's kind of first of all if we all lived in renaissance times we would be, be amazing Right, so standards of beauty do change and exactly. shift. Exactly, and that's what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like that standards of beauty yeah. shift and change. And so, like, how is that? Like, how do you use that as a standard? Like, yeah, okay, that's true, but like, is that right? <laughs> well, and like, it's also like written in a shameful way, right? So it's yeah. one thing to say, yes, different cultures view beauty, beauty, beauty. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> view beauty. <laughs> In different ways. <laughs> no, totally. It's because it's the joy of sex. It is. I know. It's, I in, know. Our pre- it's in our presence. It's making us think thoughts <laughs> and have feelings. <laughs> but also, like, but, oh, no, this is terrible. Anyway, back to the point. So I think about, like, all these different standards of beauty, right? And so I think one of the interesting things about society is that, like, we do have these differences. And some people really appreciate them and some people don't, right? Yeah. But when people are all forced to be one particular way or one norm— mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I feel problematic as. And I think even as a kid, like, I don't think I realized, like, my own internalized 
issues as much as like now mm-hmm. as a 36 year old yeah. woman I'm realizing totally. more like in high school I remember I met some kids from um, Samoa and from New Zealand and Islanders and like a little bigger and people appreciated like larger rounder sizes right and I remember yeah. in high school being like if I never get married I'm moving to Samoa because I know I'll be appreciated there and like I think look back and I'm like that was kind of terrible of me to think like mm-hmm. also but at the same time I was like that's the only place that I ever felt like accepted mm-hmm. right I yeah. knew that I'd be accepted and I also heard like that men there like cleaned and cooked and I was like yeah <laughs> treat me good. like a princess right? and so it was like a combination of weird patriarchal sexist whatever yeah. whatever body shaming combinations yeah. of things um, but, but it's it felt right at about, the time <laughs> it felt right at the time yeah. and I just think about like if that was my only exposure to people yeah. that were like fine with you not fitting in these tiny tiny little sizes right yeah absolutely yeah. Oh man, I, I was real shook, as the kids might say. When I, read that. Like, I bet there's some other shook. nuggets in there. You got any other so nuggets? Many. Bring, keep, keep not, going with those. not appropriate for the interchangeable I, white ladies podcast. I do think that this is interesting because it mentions women's bodies in that yeah. book. Right. It doesn't talk yeah. about men's bodies, and Let's I wonder go there. about yeah. like. So it. like, I know I I don't want to drag your twin into this, but mm. you have a twin. I do have a twin, Matt. Right? Yeah. Okay. I do have a twin I don't, brother. I've never met Matt, but I've heard great things. You having a male twin, yeah. How is do you see how there were ever ways that you were treated differently in terms of like your bodies or like and maybe even like not talking about Matt specifically, but like within your family because you're one mm-hmm. of you have brother brothers and I so have three brothers. You have three brothers. So like what what's the experience of like growing up with brothers and seeing how they were treated differently in terms of like their bodies? Yeah, I honestly think that growing up with them was kind of great mm, because good. there's yeah. something about like I didn't have like they they are not home critiquing their bodies constantly you know what <laughs> right. I mean like yeah. we were having pancake eating competitions <laughs> so awesome. um, yes. so uh for for them, like I, I just have a really um, distinct memory of one time when I was a kid, yeah. and they were talking about my mom was asking us if we loved ourselves, yeah. and all of my brothers were like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Really? <laughs> you do?" That's and I was weird. like, I was like, I was like shocked. I thought everyone had like was like dripping uh, with self loathing and stuff, no. you know. But I don't, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think that was really like from my family because I yeah. think I think growing right. up with your brothers, family is really supportive and like wonderful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're pretty wonderful for that for that stuff. So I think um, I think a lot of that stuff happened elsewhere. Yeah. I think in my actual house like I had a dad who was always like really nice to me about like what I looked like no matter what so I feel um I actually feel grateful that I grew up with brothers in that way that's awesome because they don't you don't they don't have those like limitations on themselves yeah walking through the world especially white guys walking through the world I grew up with that so I feel kind of grateful about that that's interesting for them physicality is more like let's go play Mm -hmm. let's go do stuff so So where do you both think we picked up on all these things I mean everyone's always like the media because you have have sisters but your sisters are also like not weird like about (laughs) but we all talk about it actually because even going back to my mom my mom had her own issues Mm -hmm. with her own body that she talked about and I don't think she ever meant to talk about it in a negative way but the three of us girls definitely talk about how she would say like you know she didn't like certain things or she would just like make certain well, sounds always, about herself when she put certain clothes mm-hmm, on and yeah. I do that and I've yeah. been done, done well, that and forever you, th- you think and that so, your mom when you're growing up your mom is the most beautiful woman in the yeah. world and so like and to hear her say I just like yeah. so I think sad. it affected anyway and, yeah. it's, and I never heard my dad say anything negative about my mom's body or physical right. and I always talked mm-hmm. about how beautiful she was yeah. but we still picked up on that she was unhappy with it unsatisfied yeah. and so right. I mean I don't have any kids but I do my sister Joy has nieces and so she talks about and they're half Filipino and half um, white and so even that like what they got genetically they're more yeah. like some of her in- in-laws rather than built more like her side of the family yeah. and so kind of even talking about that she's she's been really intentional about how she talks about her own health and fitness and body and how she feels so she tries to keep it you know on the DL a little bit and like and have more honest conversations with her friends and her sisters yeah. um, when she's unhappy right but not really right. portraying that to mm-hmm. her daughters yeah. I don't know if it's worked or not because you know they're teenagers and teenagers pick up on all kinds of things Right. But yeah, and you, you yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say just our mom's generation yeah. too. Like I feel like my mom did the best she could yes. on that stuff, yeah. but the, the the messaging that yes. she was yeah. provided from her Super mom was brutal. Toxic. Like this 1972 yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. that's that yeah. was when my mom was growing She's immersed up. Immersed in it. Yeah, and I mean, like even think about like. The shell, the books are on the shelf when we were growing up, and may, hope it may have been different for you, but like probably in the same kind of um, tradition of like the diet books mm-hmm. or the like blood type diet or mm-hmm. the Atkins diet or the the Weight Watchers like card that had the spinning thing on it mm-hmm. where you could calculate your points with calories and stuff. Like those things were just around, right? Like it was just part of like our childhood, and 
I know for my, you know, for our mom's moms, that was, that was there too, right. Mm -hmm. In their childhood. So it's like intergenerational kind of shame in like diet craziness, diet culture. Um, hope you had a beautiful transition. And then I just like kind of stepped on it and I was like, here, I'm talking about something else. Um, I don't remember what it was. Um, Coded language that women mm. used to talk about diets and bodies and mm. everything. Like, <coughs> what are some... I'm trying to think of, like, what are some... They're sort of um, subtle, right? So, like, I found this article that was really good where this lady was talking about... She's, it's, she was talking to this stranger in a grocery store, which I'm like, I don't talk to strangers in the grocery store that often. But if I do, it's usually somebody in line, and I'm like, here, I'll get the thing to separate our groceries on the line or whatever. But I don't really, like, talk to people. Mm-hmm. But she was saying that she, a woman was in, it was, like, yogurt aisle or something, and she said something to her, like, I don't know if I should get this yogurt. It's really high in fat. And I'm like, first of all, like, you're you obviously need some, like, positive human connection if you're talking to a stranger about yogurt. <laughs> but, like, but, like, she's ta- trying to tell her that, and she says, her, no, you look great. You're great. Total strangers, right? But even among strangers, women will still have these conversations about, like, is it too much, too many calories? Am I fat? You know, am, mm-hmm. is this fine? Am I okay? Right? Am I enough? Or am I taking up too much space? Right? Totally. That's like, yeah. I'm having a hard time even thinking about examples from my own life because they're so subtle and so constant that it's like hard to pick one out. Do you, do you know one of my like favorite slash least favorite things is if you're in a dressing room yeah. and like you're changing, I like listening to how what other how other women oh, talk to each other. That's good, yeah. And the the one that almost always breaks my heart is when you hear like a mom talking to her daughter, like, yeah. oh, you don't know, that's way too tight. Like just really like yeah. neg- like really negative. On, it happens constantly. Yeah, it's, it's all the time. Ever since I've started trying to pay attention right. for it, yeah. any anytime you're out, and, and you- even like things that are like a mom <laughs> saying to their kid, like to their daughter, like. um we should get you the next size up. Yeah. You know, it's just little stuff like that that you're like, oh, God, that sucks. Because we hear it from the time we're so small. So right? small. Um, or friends talking to each other like, I'm absolutely. horrible. It makes me clo- like. It's just people like the way that they talk about their bodies bums yeah. me out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so sad. Like, we're on this like we're on this big blue marble called Earth for like 85, 90 years. And yeah. to spend so much time hating yourself right. is, a, is a bummer. I'm kind of I'm done doing it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you thank know? you. And I think that's I think that's the, the bottom line. Yeah. Right. So like with all of the issues. Issues is how much time do we spend thinking about the negative stuff and yeah. then I struggle with feeling bad about thinking about the negative stuff <laughs> right like negativity on negativity where right. I'm like you feel why am I wasting about, time you on this guilty time? About feeling I shouldn't bad. be thinking about feeling guilty yeah. or feeling bad or like just yeah. embrace it because that's just the way it just is like my life. this is the body that I have it is yeah. what it is and I'm going to take care of it as best I can mm-hmm. and right. I'm going to enjoy life because there are too many angry hungry people out there <laughs> right. that mm-hmm. are not having a good time it doesn't mean I can't be responsible and go for a walk yeah. and some other things exactly. but I also like um, yeah, like to your point, it's just so tiring, and we've just spent so much yeah. of our lives. So much, how much time do you waste? Like as we talk about it right now. Yeah, hey. no, but, but like I, I feel like explicitly talking about it is so much better than just kind of like pretending it's not happening or like mm-hmm. having like weird secretive like coded conversations about yeah. our like mm-hmm. diets and bodies and thighs and like fat and cellulite. And it's just kind yeah. of like like we actually are talking about it, which feels really good. Actually, it's kind of mm-hmm. empowering. I was thinking about the, one of this article I was going to put in for my homework today is um, this woman, the one that the yoga aisle in the grocery store also talks about how her 90 year old grandma wouldn't eat a piece of pie on Thanksgiving because she was on a diet and I'm like 90 I mean 90? I mean the pie I mean the pie I mean give me the whole pie like that's like a oh man this, this is your new year resolution like resolution eat the pie eat the damn pie <laughs> right um I did look up some stuff because I actually it took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around like what is diet culture because a lot of it's sort of invisible, but a lot of dietitians are writing about it because there's a lot of this focus on like intuitive eating and like wellness and like um, you know listen to your bod instead of you know being obsessive about calories and stuff. Which is good advice. It is really mm-hmm. good advice. It's excellent advice. Um, well, you have to be really careful what you search for. I found out though because I searched on Google uh, for women talking about weight. You get a bunch of results about how to talk to your like friends and family members about how they're heavy and that they should lose weight. Um, so that's like really extremely negative and horrible. Um, maybe let's let people like bring it up if they want to talk about it and don't bring mm. it up to them. I don't know. Um, just, that's food for thought for the day. Um, <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Hey, thanks. <laughs> um, but this article I found, um, this dietitian was talking about what is diet culture. So I wanted, can I read a passage sure, from what she do. wrote about? Because I, I feel like it helps kind Primary of source define. Primary <laughs> so many today. sources. This feels really good and like <laughs> credible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Diet culture is a society that focuses on and values weight, shape, and size over health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Variations of diet culture also include rigid eating patterns that on the surface are in the name of health, but in reality are about weight, shape, or size. Diet culture is really tricky because as we have learned that diets don't work, they, diet culture, have transformed their message to say that they are all about health. Their definition of health, though, is one that is synonymous with weight, that when you lose weight by any means necessary, then you will be healthier. By restricting your eating and eliminating food groups, you will feel better and be happier. This mm-hmm. isn't reality. The reality mm-hmm. is people do crazy, unhealthy, even dangerous diet behaviors in the name of health to lose weight. That isn't health, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're only drinking like cayenne lemon water mm-hmm. and like, you know, reflecting on your done God, that on your <laughs> done that, I feel like you're you can name a bunch. I'll be yeah. like, yeah, definitely tried it, tried, tried it, it. They're totally like, done it. Easy. That sounds great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, part of the factor is we're like, it's easy, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I'll lose ten pounds in three days. Right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's Super like dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so dehydrated. And Hangry. I'm so angry. I need to eat. Um, uh, And my wife and I tried um, to, because we're vegan, but we tried raw veganism as Mm -hmm. like just an experiment. And we lasted like three days because um, (laughs) when you are raw vegan, unless you are like have the jaw of a horse, you can't (laughs) chew that much raw vegetables and like be okay. Like it doesn't work. And so we were really, really hungry. And we went to the grocery store. And when you're that hungry, everything is extremely overwhelming. So we were in the like cereal aisle and we were like, there's so many colors. There's so many choices. I thought I was gonna pass out because of all the color. I was like, it was That's not good. It was bad. It was but like maybe I, you were it was like I could hear the color. Better. Like it was not. I don't know if I was one with myself because I was raging. It's like fasting where you're. Yeah. You're I just, went. I, I went down a real raw vegan like YouTube yeah. spiral one time. Yeah. And you get in, you get into some weird corners. Yeah. Like yeah. like a hundred bananas a day. Like, hundred. Oh, ban- yeah. Watch her. She's a hundred yeah. hundred bananas a day. And they they kind of claim they're like at a certain yeah. point if you eat raw food long enough you'll achieve. Transcendent. You'll, you'll be the Buddha. Like yeah. you will. You'll like you'll you'll. <laughs> I don't understand a hundred bananas though. How can you eat She's, that many bananas? I don't know. There was a guy who only yeah. ate potatoes for a year, and he yeah. lost like a hundred pounds, and you're only eating potatoes. I was like, whoa. My, my Irish roots are, are so gross. You're like, I'm I mean, sorry. that doesn't sound that bad. <laughs> my ears are perked. What up. kind of potatoes are you talking about? Chives? <laughs> is, there, <laughs> is there sour cream? <laughs> I know. My mood, I was like sour cream bake. A little cheddar no? on top. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I mean, just the kind of weird crazy things that people do that are like in the name of health but are not healthy at all it's, right like oh it's, my it's gosh. because there is that pervasive thing and a lot of people it's like if i lose weight then yeah. i will be happy there right. you go like yes. it's like that yep. is that is the one thing yep. that is yeah. insane. it couldn't possibly be anything else right. right other than the fact that it's just my other than that i'd be yeah. crushing it i'd yeah. have a great house everything yeah. would be amazing yes. my relationships would be perfect yeah it has it is 100 percent. the second yeah. i lose weight i'm gonna walk onto the scene and everyone's gonna be like here you go yeah the world the door is just yeah. gonna open for you the world is your oyster yeah. exactly right? and that's because that's like look at our media the only people that are really on yeah. are the like very thin people yeah. the yeah. world is your oyster but don't eat the oysters <laughs> yeah, yeah but don't eat it, it. Yeah. yeah well and so kind of to your point like we have these false um beliefs that that's what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm, it's going right. to solve all of our problems. And then I think because we do see people out there who appear to be happy yes. and hungry, right. but they don't appear to be <laughs> hungry. So I keep going back to that. Um, but I think because they do appear to be happy and because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if we want to get into it, but just thinking about like the way that our world is set up according to size yeah. and the way that certain people, like you were talking about, we were talking about taking up space a little bit earlier, but just yeah. this idea of, um, how we fit into places, right? right? And when we don't fit in, we feel more awkward physically. Mm-hmm. Right. And I keep thinking about um, Roxanne Gay. Oh, just gonna yeah. right? oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. So she came. She came about, last yeah. year to Lincoln. Were you? Were all of you there? I, I missed I it. I, I couldn't get. Yeah, I couldn't but I've get, read the book. It's so good. It's so so good. I hadn't read yeah. the book when I went, but I was really struck by the things that she was saying and talking about how food was really her reaction and response to being abused. Yeah. Right? And so I yeah. think some people will try to like over say you know oh people are just covering up for everything and mm-hmm. I don't I think that's kind of ridiculous but in her case that was what was happening totally. and how it was a form of protection for her yeah. but even to this day no matter what she tries she is in the body that she has and mm-hmm. so part of her journey is appreciating it mm-hmm. and learning to live with it yeah. and also learning to like um, force people to accept it to some degree and mm-hmm. I was really challenged with that because um, yeah just a lot of the ways that she was talking about embracing that in her own journey mm-hmm. on that. I, don't, I don't know if you either you, you both said you read it yeah I, yeah, and, really I, and, and just the the way that I, I feel so grateful that she wrote that because mm-hmm. even like for me reading that the, the way she has to exist in the world yes. is, is 
is tough. Like that yeah. must have been a vulnerable thing for her to write. Absolutely. Because I can only stand, understand like a piece of that. Like some yeah. of the stuff that she's been through. Right. Just like air. It's like for me, air travel is not. Oh hard, my gosh! You know? I was just yeah. thinking about air travel. But yeah. just like her yeah. experience of having to get on a plane and like what right. that's like yeah. is is um. Yeah. It's like it's it's hard to it's. Hard to imagine. Absolutely. Well, I think about, um, like, it, it, I've been super uncomfortable on a plane before, mm-hmm. right? And then I think about when I'm heavier, how uncomfortable I am traveling in hot countries, carrying mm-hmm. my crap around in a backpack, mm-hmm. um, walking upstairs at work, all those mm-hmm. kind of, like, physical things that, like, take yeah. a toll. And like you said, if I'm like, oh, if I just you lose 10 pounds right. and mm-hmm. all my problems well, will be solved, then- all this grading will go away. <laughs> I mean, my it'll teeth be will great. be whiter. I'll, <laughs> yeah. just, like, yeah. I'll be so happy. And there's uh, certain things, like, I definitely, you know, like, certain health things, like you said, like around breathing yeah. and some of that stuff, but that's not going to change the way people perceive you. And right. mm-hmm. um, well, in some degree, right? I, right? I guess that is part of the, the challenge, right? So, like, I know people that have lost a lot of weight, yeah. and people do treat them differently, and they get yeah. access to more privilege mm-hmm. and certain and things of power. So, how do we deal with that? Like, even mm. people you know treat you treat you as if you they treat you as the formerly fat person right Mm -hmm. and so that is some like negativity that some folks get to after losing weight is that like oh i I liked you better when you were heavy or like you know what i mean um but i think about like that weight loss obsession and how like people think these are these miracle cures for weight loss where it's Mm -hmm. like if i just get the miracle cure if i just drink the cabbage soup Mm -hmm. or if i just drink the cayenne pepper water or whatever that that will that will fix the thing that's broken and it's just doesn't work that way right rather than like getting real counseling Mm -hmm. or um, facing some of the issues that you're having or just uh, like you said learning to accept yourself and being like I'm tired of all this crap that I've been you just made another beautiful transition and then I stepped on it again oh I have no idea where you're going to go with it Um, I was thinking your ideas are so beautiful today and I was like oh nah I don't feel like talking about them Um, other weird I mean (laughs) since we're kind of talking about weird diets other weird food things that y'all tried to do at some point in your Um, life or have heard of people trying to do hmm. hmm Oh, intermittent fasting is a big one. I've, I haven't oh, done that, but I know yeah. a lot of people lot are of people like have done it. Going yeah. and, and and for some of this stuff, like I'm not here to like judge oh, anyone's no. life. No, like no, no. it works for a lot of people. Like I know I mentioned keto yeah. earlier, well, kind of disparaging. Like, some people yeah. love it. It's you know that's great. Yeah. But just but just acting like any one of these things is like the cure all for everybody. Yes. Yeah, exactly. is where I run into problems. <laughs> it gets weird. Yeah. yeah. And as a, like as a vegan too, like um, people who are obsessed with vegan wellness and mm-hmm. not so much because veganism is also like is also about like environmental stuff and animal welfare and things so it's not just a, a food thing it's all these other things but like like when people get really um evangelical mm-hmm. about like how um veganism cures every ill mm-hmm. right you will cure you'll beat your cancer yeah if you're i really like when non-religious people are really evangelistic <laughs> about their like health yeah. food thing i'm like yeah. oh mm-hmm. well you know there's None a weird this. crossover and yeah. i I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that i've been listening to this podcast called the dream i don't know if you've heard about this no. um yeah, I was texting with Hope about it yesterday. The first season, it's like the dream of like make, like making it in America, and it's so so good. Um, this first season's about multi level marketing and how a lot of that like um the pyramid scheme like multi level marketing a lot of it. It has to do with like wellness products. Herbalife. Herbalife. Yeah, Herbalife. exactly. Herbalife was a huge one for a while. Do you remember like all I'd... our friends on Facebook were like, buy my Herbalife. And then like essential oils and like the wrap thing where you like put saran yeah. wrap on your thighs. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm definitely, I'll be happy to confess to some pills that I purchased um, from this lady <laughs> in, at my work, not my current work, but my old place of employment. Yeah. And they were definitely from Mexico. Um, and they weren't Herbalife, but it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. And she showed me pictures and she had lost a ton of weight. And I yeah. was like, I need something up in here, something, right? Because I'm, I'm happy oh, with life. Oh, I just got to yeah. take a pill. I just got <laughs> precisely. <laughs> That'll right? fix it. And it's just I think about that. I definitely was on hydroxy cut for a long time, mm. oh, yeah. or whatever. How long hydroxy time cut. stuff was, yeah. right? I just think about all the weird things that yeah. I've tried instead of just like trying to be happy with myself. Yeah, because that's way harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's way harder. <laughs> yeah, or deal with whatever underlying emotional yes. stuff you're right. dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my heaviest was before I like you know had I had some emotional break through is when I did theater in college mm-hmm. where I was like I was in a couple shows and it was very much like um it's a cathartic experience we used to kind of joke in the theater department that it's like this is theater not therapy but like a lot of you have sometimes emotional breakthroughs when you're doing like mm-hmm. a, emotional work of like theater and so I had that and then immediately after that I just like instantly had this like feeling of like um relief right like mm-hmm. oh I feel better about myself maybe it's because I'm actually dealing with shit like <laughs> and not just like trying to bury it down and like s- like swallow it up you know like I do all the processed food Cheetos um mostly um so (laughs) mostly (laughs) I was so I was thinking about this too like 
I've seen diet culture in schools, mm-hmm. among school staff. Oh, and I yeah. don't know. And it's kind of quiet. It's not as loud of a thing as it is in other workplaces. Like, I know people who are nurses where, mm-hmm. like, the diet culture in um, among, like, un- nursing staff is very intense because, like, um, they're, like, people who work in healthcare, And so that they're yeah. kind of, like, have this thing about, like, we should all be, like, doing this exercise challenge together or whatever. But I've noticed that in schools it... It doesn't always start at the building level, but I've seen this comes up every year in January, the uh, weight loss challenge. For it goes district, out via email. Yep. And it's like hey, extreme weight loss true. Tacoma mm-hmm. staff edition. I definitely did that one year yeah. with some staff yeah. at my schools. Yeah. And I was yeah. like wondering about like how this kind of like workplace – because here's the other thing about teaching is that like, yeah, there will be this workplace language, but let's all work out together. Let's like mm-hmm. eat healthy. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then like every staff event is like donuts – Costco sheet cakes. Costco sheet cakes. (laughs) Right? So, like, Like, why can't you just get one piece of a Costco sheet cake? Like, you gotta get the whole cake. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can we we talk about that real quick? I feel like it's it's actually just, like, to me, it's, like, the weirdness of the extremes, where it's, like, let's be really healthy. Let's also eat the sheet cake. Yeah. The whole sheet cake. Well, I think I was surprised when I came into teaching about how unhealthy teachers were. I don't (laughs) know. I was just stupid, and uh, I had no idea. And I I found there was really extremes, right? So you've got... Like the get up at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. and I'm going to run my neurosis off and yeah. whatever kind of healthy people that I sure. think are held up as a standard yeah. of like, oh, if only we could all be them um, in their practice and in their personal life. Right. And then there's the other extreme where there's a mm-hmm. lot of like there's a lot of people I've worked with over the years that are have really some health impairments mm-hmm. and they are they're unable to move and they are sitting mm-hmm. around in the in our workshops. Right. And yeah. we're sitting around eating what's provided mm-hmm. <laughs> sheet cake and muffins, you right. know, and I remember early on in my profession just being like, I don't want to be either of those people. Is there anybody right. in the middle? Like, is there like, middle ground? Yeah. Either extreme? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? What do you what do you see in, in what you're doing? Yeah. My, and you've had a lot of different education experiences. Yeah. So. The school I'm at right now is really interesting. For those of you who don't know what it is, I work at the Science and Math Institute. Yeah. And for the most part, it's like a bunch of pretty healthy hippies. Like, I feel yeah. like it's like the yeah. most like emotionally and physically healthy staff <laughs> I've ever worked with <laughs> in my awesome. life. They're kind of aspirational, to be completely honest. So yeah, like, we're just going to look. They have teacher yoga on Thursdays. Oh, yeah. oh. They have, there's like oatmeal and jars, like <laughs> oatmeal and jar, a lot yeah. of jar foods, a lot of jar foods, <laughs> a lot of jarred that. foods, a lot yeah. of um, vegan potlucks, oh, things oh, like yeah. that. It's a it's a pretty good scene yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. so but it's, it's not. Kinda, that has not I feel been like the case. I feel like that's rare among schools totally because it's yeah. like yeah. every school I've ever worked at has always been like, oh, staff get together, we're gonna mm-hmm. have it's gonna ice cream social, you know. It's like here's your six scoops ice cream. Yeah, eat your feelings. Well, that's the staff appreciation, right? Sure. Yeah. Food is, I think, culturally it's an like, e- one of well, the best It's an ways. easy way to show people you yeah. appreciate them because it's like affordable. You can feed mm-hmm. a lot of people, and it yeah. like it actually it's a nice way to like show people you care. But I also think that because our jobs are high stress, that it's those things are tempting. Where it's totally. like, can I please have the like? Can I can you fry everything in oil, please? You know, because mm-hmm. it's just easy and quick and delicious. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been thinking about too how like this like diet culture is related to like disordered eating, and I not necessarily mm-hmm. mean like eating disorders, which are. Because disordered eating can mean any range of, like, unhealthy behaviors, right? Um, and I came across this term orthorexia. Have you ever heard of this? It's, like, addicted to exercise. Yeah, it's, like, an obsession with wellness and, like, mm-hmm. exercise addiction. Um, yeah, it's, like, obsession with being well, right? And so I've been thinking about that, too, as, like, um, you know, how do we – how do you combat – diet culture not not just because it's like fat shaming and you know bs for that reason but also because the like the super high standards for like human achievement or whatever are unhealthy like you were saying about like get up at 4 a.m and run away your neuroses right like (laughs) how do you make that healthy for people because Mm. that that behavior can also be obsessive and unhealthy yeah yeah like how do you make that okay you know because that's not i don't know cause damage to your body right if you like push yourself too hard um yeah i don't know what you guys think about that so like he's in the middle ground, right? Like you yeah. got to meet somewhere in the middle. Find balance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I think talking about this stuff. I don't know if you had a direct response to that or not, but um, I think for me, <laughs> one thing that made me want to wake up and be more um, intentional about this type of stuff and be less just <laughs> wa- going through <laughs> the world is, is working with teenage mm-hmm. teenagers, especially especially yeah. teenage girls, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. when you see that and. I don't know about you. I don't know if it's affected you two that way, but just wanting to be an example of somebody yes. in, in yeah. that way. Like modeling good behavior yeah. in terms of like taking care of yourself and being kind to yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. 
So what I does that look like? Yeah. What, work, what have you work, done? Well, just working through my own stuff in mm-hmm. private ways, but yeah. Um, yeah. but and and just becoming like more comfortable in who I am and feeling confident in who I am and, and realizing like I feel pretty good, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. feel, regardless of where I'm at. Like I'm not like letting my self confidence be tied to like a number on a scale, yeah. which right. I, I used to when I was a when I was yeah. a teenager. Absolutely. And so for me now, like I, I feel like there is very limited correlation between mm-hmm. how I feel emotionally and my mm-hmm. weight. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a breakthrough for me yes, personally. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about. Um, I would agree with that. In schools, um, there's so many women dealing with their body issues, and boys too. But like, um, I hear more girls talking badly mm-hmm. about their bodies. Right, kind of to our point we were talking about earlier. Men mm-hmm. are, boys are always like, "How much you weigh? How much you bench press? How many pounds you gotta gain or lose right. for uh, wrestling?" Which I'm just like, "That's wrestling. Crazy. Wrestling is Ooh. yeah. That's a hundred bananas thing. That's totally a hundred bananas thing. Like, isn't that Running what you do to gain? trash bags and stuff yes. to sweat yeah. to lose weight? Yeah, it's crazy. So um but in thinking about that, I, f- I feel like I've shifted a little bit to be more intentional about how um, I listen to girls talk about this stuff, but also how I respond to them when they're talking, when I hear overhear those conversations. Mm-hmm. And then also I'm trying to be intentional about not talking about myself in that way yes. yeah. that I think is really easy to do because you just are like, oh, my hair or this shirt or this whatever in right. that moment. And so in particularly um, working the last you know 10 years or so in schools where we have girls that are all kinds of body types. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, biologically and from all kinds of like racial and cultural backgrounds. And mm-hmm. so their own sense of beauty is is shifting and, sh- and shaped mm-hmm. by, right, their environment, their context. Yeah. And then, of course, media and social media right. and, and Snapchat, of course. Um, Instagram. And yeah. Instagram. And so being really strategic and intentional about talking about that and being That's really so positive. So even when yeah. I'm like feeling Ugh, about myself mm-hmm. or like the sweater fitting, fitting yeah. weird or mm-hmm. like a little too big or a little too tight or whatever, sure. um, not talking about it. Right. And just being yeah. like, you know what? I'm be confident in whatever version yeah. of me this is and being that example to well, other Well, I think like kids. being able to feel confident yeah. and focusing on other things that make me feel awesome, like a sense of humor mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. um, stories about history that I like will tell in my classes that are like um, we were talking the other day about um, George Washington and how his him and his troops got like spanked at the Battle of Long Island. <laughs> and then they like had to flee Long Island onto Manhattan Island, which used to be forested and wasn't a giant city like it is now. And they went onto the mainland and they regrouped for like three months or something. And then they went and attacked the Hessians on Christmas at the Battle of Trenton. But the way that I like tell the story, I like elaborate. I make it like really interesting, like talk about like um, the you know um, the sensational stuff about the like the um, soldiers the continental soldiers didn't have shoes and so they were had rags on their feet and it was winter and they you could tell where they'd been by the blood in the snow and kids are just like blood and snow <laughs> like they get really into it and so if you like if I rely on myself as like a storyteller and as a like um, helping kids like see how powerful and interesting the like content is and they see a side of my personality that they're like oh I appreciate that about you right mm-hmm. and then it's never about body or like what I look like really even though I know it it always is um but I was thinking too about like how we talk about food is really mm-hmm. important, especially like with kids who, uh, like you were saying about different cultural backgrounds, like appreciating and respecting and like plussing and like about kids' food um, mm-hmm. and about different kinds of food because I feel like there's already a shame associated with like, um, oh, my food is different than yours. Like a girl was telling me about um, for Thanksgiving, her family was going to do hot pot. For Thanksgiving instead of like traditional Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me about it. And I was like, that sounds amazing. And we were like kind of like plussing and like talking about, oh, I love that. Like I love, um, you know, she was talking about the different like vegetables they put into it. And just having a positive conversations about food, I feel like are really important as well. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think you talked about Instagram. I think Mm -hmm. Instagram can also be like a source for good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because I think for me, like for me personally, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't want to jump ahead to my Guilty Favesy, what was it? Oh, <laughs> guilty Favesy, yeah. yeah. We can come. You can see it now, and we can come back. We'll to it come again. back to it. Yeah. But my Guilty Favesy is following some like thick Instagram baddies oh, on Instagram that are just confident. Yeah. Okay, wait, and like that yoga is my favorite. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Like let's, so let's take a break really fast, and okay. then let's come back. I want to hear more about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Hey, Hope, I have the craziest story for you. Okay, what happened? I dreamed I booked a flight for my mom with Alaska, right? Well, obviously, it was a dream, not a nightmare. <laughs> Ooh, you scared me for a second there. Yeah, so in my dream, I was trying to do something nice for her, and I thought, I know, I'll give her the world. That seems a little expensive and stop, very stop, Aladdin stop. from it like, the 90s. It is my dream. I'll give her the world with the gift of travel. I can show you the world. world. 
So listen, in my dream, Michael B. Jordan was an Alaska Airlines <laughs> oh, okay. flight attendant. This dream just went up yeah. a whole notch. Uh-huh. Yep. Can I jump in that dream? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You were in it, and everyone we know was in it. Um, it was amazing, as you can imagine. So he was giving me fruit and cheese plate, and oh. he told me I gave the cheese plate to my the cheese part to my neighbor because you know vegan, but the fruit yeah. was divine. I so I, I told he told me, did you, did you know you can share your Alaska miles? Did you know that? Michael B. Jordan told me this in my dream. It's $10 <laughs> to share $10,000. Oh, that's not bad at all. That means that after saving up your miles, you could give your mom a round-trip ticket for less than $40 out of pocket. So that's like a really unknown secret, I think, and pretty yeah. amazing. How'd the dream actually end? Well, I woke up before it got really good. Oh, man. But Bummer. Alaska saved the day. I woke up and I shared my miles. That's really smart. I'm so glad it worked out. Hey, to book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. We, we fly Alaska. Alaska. And we're back. we're back. Okay, Instagram. So Instagram. talk about your yeah. favorite things on Instagram right now. Yeah, body positive Instagram. So, yeah, this is my um, – for for me, when I think about the media I was exposed to as a teenager, mm. I think about things like magazines. Yeah. Mm. And I think about the fact that you saw predominantly white, almost 100% thin bodies, unless yeah. it was the sad girl at the back of the 17 magazine. Of course, yeah. Right? She's going to go to fat camp. But she's going to go to fat going camp. To fat, and then when the summer's over, she's going to look amazing. Going to fat camp. Yeah. There are so many – like plus size, mm. confident, beautiful mm-hmm. people out there that are like creating Instagram accounts, and I like to follow them sometimes. Yeah. And then I, you can just see it like, oh, oh it's, it's positive. I don't remember. It's filling my. It's like I feel like it, I, I, if I see it, it's, it's a yeah. reminder to me that oh, your confidence and beauty is yes. not tied to your weight. Right. Like it's such an it's such an obvious. Uh, thing. Yes, I'm gonna go ahead and shout out an Instagram girl that Do I follow, it. Gabby Fresh. I love her. Oh Gabby my gosh, Fresh. I She's love her stuff and all the people that she works with. And I guess officially plus size mm-hmm. models, right? And they are just creating amazing clothing yes. and they're beautiful and they are so oh. full. It's like exact opposite of body shaming. Exactly. And I just love it. Body positivity. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to find right now. I'm, I'm looking on Instagram. This um, Follow Gabby Fresh. And she does a lot of like swimsuits and lingerie yep. and a whole bunch of stuff that I we didn't even talk about this. But I think just like the notion that big bodies are not sexy and not attractive um, in our current culture, even though back to like hail to renaissance mm-hmm. and the point about like those bodies were the bodies that like people could make babies with and were yeah. warm and comfortable yeah. to sleep with, too. Yeah. You know, so you didn't even need water bottles. You just <laughs> like have your partner. Um, but I, I love that. These women are changing what that means totally. and, and, and reclaiming it, like, their narrative. Exactly. Yeah, I, like, I like that. Yeah, like I feel like you're reclaiming your narrative when you Amen. when you when you yeah. are the one producer because when you used to have to go through these cultural gatekeepers yeah. who say like some guy in a like oh you're hot or not yeah. depending on yeah. their standards they're proving that's not the case I think that's really cool I really Absolutely. really and the amount of just clothing options yep. that are available yes. has exploded in the past yep. ten years or Absolutely. so Absolutely. Yeah. which is huge. I have a friend who lives in Portland and owns a clothing store called Fat Fancy mm-hmm. and it's like all sizes like I think it's large through like four or five X but it's like women's clothing but it's a consignment store and it's um, she kind of inherited this business from someone else but um, just like having really beautiful clothing that is like fun and interesting yeah. and it's time for an all sizes matter joke no <laughs> I mean <laughs> I, maybe I don't is it so um, I'm gonna ask a weird question and Annie just tell me if it's like not okay to ask this question okay <laughs> I can't wait so, like, <laughs> so I mean we're really uh, part of our question today and like what we've been talking about is really the lens of like patriarchy and like yeah. male gaze mm-hmm. I'm wondering since you speak for all gay women um, um, yes, out yeah. there <laughs> all the is gays. it different I mean do you feel like there's something mm-hmm. that about standards of beauty for yeah and like in the realm of like looking at things not from a patriarchal well yeah because like part of like the patriarchal like um i feel like the patriarchal impact on oh by the way one of my favorite instagram ladies i can't find her name but she's a a, she's indian uh, east indian american makeup artist on instagram and she's beautiful and wonderful and i'll try to find her name for the show notes but Yes. The patriarchy, part of that is like male gaze, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't give a rip about the male gaze, then um, the eyes that are on you are different, right? Um, It doesn't mean there aren't eyes on you. Um, So being queer and uh, being a woman, it's kind of like, what are the standards of beauty within the queer community? And so there's this whole other set of Mm -hmm. standards and eyes and whatever that are like putting pressure on you. The pressure is really different, though. I feel like um, especially like being a queer woman, like women talking to women, we understand. And, like, female-bodied people and, like, women culture Mm -hmm. um, talking about um, bodies is – 
the barriers are a lot lower for having those conversations. Like, mm. if I was going to talk to my male friends about, like, body hmm. stuff, I would be a lot more, like, I feel like I'd be a little cagier about it. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about it, but I'll talk about it in these sort of abstract terms. Yeah. Not uh, depersonalized. But if I'm talking with other women, it might be a lot more personal conversation. And mm. so I find that that's true with queer women, too. There's even less of a barrier to talk about stuff because you're also talking about it in this, like, camaraderie of queerness, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel less pressure from dudes. Mm. To be a certain way or to do certain things. I feel different pressure from um, other queer people about what it means to be queer. Like, I don't have super short hair, for example, um, although I've always thought that would be really fun. Um, but that's kind of a standard of beauty among mm-hmm. queer women. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, certain subsets of queer women. So, um, yeah, it's just an interesting, like, I don't know, that it's different. It's a different... And it's not as much pressure, I don't think, mm-hmm. because the patriarchy is like this like overarching like system of power, mm-hmm. right? And then within that, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like being queer, you're sort of insulated from mm-hmm. some of it, mm-hmm. which feels really good, but is also not realistic yeah. for most female people in America. So I've heard this theory um, from men that um, men that theories. it's really not their fault about the standards of beauty. Mm-hmm. And maybe fault is the wrong word, but it really is because women are the most critical of each other. And their argument Mm. is that it's women's pressure on each other to wear the high heels and women's pressure on each other to be thinner and whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever we're we're claiming because men will take anything that they can get kind of (laughs) attitude. And I'm like, this is a weird theory, but I don't I'm curious. I've heard this a few different versions of this. It might hold some water. It might hold some water. What do you think? I think it might hold a little bit of water. Because I don't know. I've never had a guy make me feel bad about my weight. Like in like any you know ever yeah I've never and like anytime I've never had trouble finding a date you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. but I do th- I think like uh, any negative yeah. comments I've ever gotten about my physical presence are almost always from women interesting right? I don't know well, but I've, I don't know yeah. maybe that's just anecdotal but mm-hmm. wow I never even thought about that it's interesting um I feel like that kind of gives guys like a free pass I feel like and it seems seem kind of sleazy because I feel like other <laughs> like guys aren't all always like. I'll take whatever I can get, you know, like it's very like, <laughs> but also, I mean, oh, well, I, I wonder know. if it's part of like institutional sexism for, I don't know what else to yeah. call it. Right. So like, um, in the way, so, okay, fine. They're not the ones cause they'll quote unquote, take anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then women are putting the pressure on each other, but why are women putting the pressure on it? Because someone told them somewhere else that that was not totally. enough. And I, Maybe it's just my theory around patriarchy, but mm-hmm. I tend to go back and be like, that was a dude, though, at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'm and not sure. so it's kind of thinking well, about how, like, that like, relationship. How many like, like men um, as like photographers or men as artists mm-hmm. historically have kind of set these right. standards yeah. of yeah. like, True. it goes back to like, what's the origin story of like the, um, you know, body shaming or body glorifying or whatever? And was it ever even intended that way? Because maybe some men were like, hey, I think those bodies are beautiful. And other people were like, hey, we also think those bodies are beautiful. Yeah. And like you said, the standards of beauty change over time, right? That's so true. That's a good point. I don't know. Maybe we're all kind of complicit in this patriarchal I think, we are. I think, that, I think that is, yeah. yeah. We all have a unique role in kind of um, reinforcing it and keeping it Maintaining the machine. Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gross, yeah. dude. Um, it's deep. <laughs> super deep. Um, we, I think also there's this element of like, so patriarchy, but there's also this element of like white privilege too because yeah, we can kind of norm that. beauty on like small Absolutely. white bodies. So like how does that play into kind of our conversations about weight and weight loss, diet, yeah, beauty? I've actually talked about um, – body issues with a friend of mine who's a woman of color and she's pretty thin and she goes it's kind of interesting because in my family I feel shamed for being so skinny mm-hmm. oh wow <laughs> and yeah. she's like it's like opposite of yeah. what so like cultural like culture definitely plays a part in that which is pretty interesting yeah. that is interesting we were recently talking about um that in my class because we're reading citizen um this fall uh, or last fall I guess in um in my AP Lynn class and so we were talking about standards of beauty and how racism plays a role in that and Serena Williams because it's a big part of, of that text. Um, but I found it interesting because one of my students of color was talking, a, a girl was talking about, um, well, in America, you know, everyone appreciates like big boobs and big butts and da 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 And the class is kind of there. And I was, I didn't say anything because they're, you know, having Socratic seminar and it's like they can say what they want. Um, but in the back of mind, I, in my mind, I wanted to say you have really lived here in mm-hmm. this place in Tacoma at Lincoln where that is something that's been accepted. And I think about, like, her media exposure. Mm. And, you know, we have the Kardashians or whoever Mm -hmm. right now, Beyonce, right? And so some of those people that we hold up 
do fit that and are being told that. But I was I was just like, I, I want you to keep believing that. But I think like in the bigger picture globally and like nationally, that's not the norm. True. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're still pushing this like super thin or at least you have to have a thin waist mm-hmm. with those body parts. So it's Slim like thick. Right. (laughs) And then also like lighter skin and and your hair can be because you're talking about curly hair, too. But in my mind, I'm like, but not the wrong kind of curly hair. Right. right? And so just this pressure of like not too much this and not too much that. And um, just right. Yeah. Right. And so I was just thinking uh, thinking Mm -hmm. about that kind of exposure uh, with with kids. So that's really interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I was thinking also about kind of like thinking about moving towards the exit of, yep. mm-hmm. of the how do we like take this shit apart? It's so toxic. Like it's so toxic. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like we've had some great ideas like body positivity, like focus mm-hmm. on body positive, like media sources. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you think? I, there's sort of this like anti-diet movement that's really interesting. Is there anything else that you kind of popped into your head that you're thinking like, how do we how do we move on? How do we get better? How do we heal? <laughs> I feel like part of it might be like studying, understanding diet culture yeah. and the pitfalls and the language. And we're being, really just starting to talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Recognize when it's toxic and like avoid, avoid toxic self-talk, mm-hmm. but avoid toxic talk mm-hmm. with other people. Right. Well, I think it is in simple, it's a new year. Right. So I think it's being intentional about how we talk about ourselves, be intentional about how we yeah. show up in the world and how we talk about other people. And so what do we confirm and what do we not confirm? Like, I've definitely fallen the trap of justifying, like, a drink and some pizza in the evening because I'm, like, haven't yeah. eaten all day. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, what the hell? Like, this is some <laughs> BS. Like, yeah. I, why am I bragging about not eating all day and or mm-hmm. using that to justify my pizza? Just eat the damn pizza. Who cares? Yeah. And yeah, so forcing that. myself yeah. not to talk like that, right? And right. it's a little thing. And then also if I ever said something like that to somebody else, like, right. Right. And just kind of how I talk to other people about their – I mean, I shouldn't even be talking to people about their bodies unless they want to. I mean, that's even yeah. a weird consent thing. Yeah. But also just watching, like, how I'm talking and sharing. And I think sure. a challenge to listeners is is that idea of just being conscious of and intentional about your space that you're in, yeah. how you talk about yourself, are you dealing with your own issues, and not forcing those issues yeah. on other people. Or, or realize if someone has lost a lot of weight and you're like, oh, my gosh, you look amazing. Like, yeah. you're kind of saying, like, the former you uh-huh. was really bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then sometimes people yeah. lose weight involuntarily because yeah. they're like ill yes. like maybe you should be like are you how you doing yeah. you know and then they can if they choose to share information with you they can do it yeah. but you don't have to be like your body looks interesting and different mm-hmm. like i mean yeah. it's just not needed like yeah um, it's totally the implication that they're that they weren't cute before, yeah. or not before but now or you look else. great and now you look great yeah, oh wait exactly. you had some disease you could need anything cool. <laughs> yeah well this um, actually sounds like some good new year's <laughs> resolutions is there anything else we need to throw in there it's like be positive with your yeah. bod and with other people's bods and language give, and everything give more compliments mm, give more good. genuine good. compliments genuine compliments yeah, i like that that's a good resolution so we're kind of giving yeah, almost our like homework so let's do quick guilty yeah. favesies guilty, guilty favesies interchangeable white ladies yes mm-hmm. I love that, you got. that was my instagram baddies mm-hmm. that's what i came in nice. as my guilty favesies that's awesome it's been a little too much time that's so Instagram. great. I love Instagram so Annie, much. Annie, what's your guilty fancy? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't even know if I want to tell the world this because I'm just going to put it out there. Um, I really like Riverdale, the yeah. CW show, and I really like it because it's delicious trash. Um, it reminds me of the feeling I used to get watching Dawson's Creek uh, when I was in like middle school. Mm. It's a, a WBCW kind of teenage drama show, um, but it's loosely based on the Archie comics characters, and I used to love those comic books because that's like one of those impulse buys that my parents were like, yeah, it's a dollar, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just... I feel like um I really like that show a lot even though it's um it's uh basically not much better than a soap opera. You're saying Betty. And I love Betty cuz Betty the girl who plays Betty her name is Lily Reinhardt. She's like a body positivity mm-hmm. advocate and she just did the Women of the Year um keynote or something mm-hmm. and she talked about like um, not dieting and having this like a, a positive image about her body and hmm. w- responding to haters. Like she had this Instagram video where she had a huge burrito and she was like, "Somebody on the internet said I was fat. I don't. I don't care. I um, really want this burrito and I don't she care." She stuff what, her face with that. Yeah, burrito. she's like, "I don't care yes. what you think about me. I'm gonna shove this burrito in my mouth." And like she's just like, she doesn't Photoshop any of her photos. She doesn't Photoshop anything on Instagram. She's just like cool. Like I'm just like, yes, I love you. Like she's very real. Um, and so that's another reason I like the show is because. You know, the people who are on it are, like, this kind of new wave of, like, really young millennials who are, like, you know, mm-hmm. do no harm, take no shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so, since we're talking about food and diets, I'm going to go ahead and talk about a guilty favesy that's related to both those things. Um, I definitely have a soft place in my heart for a um, 
kind of older cup of coffee, so maybe mm-hmm. leftover in the pot mm-hmm. that's oh. been reheated mm-hmm. with yeah. some sugar-free mm-hmm. hot cocoa mix. Ooh, I can get right. That. That so a little bit like I'm like, ooh, I yeah. want a mocha right now, but I'm not going to Starbucks, <laughs> right? Because especially in the old days when I first started drinking those, I didn't have access to money to go to yeah. Starbucks yeah. or to Starbucks. Absolutely, so there. Yeah. Pouring that if you find like one with a little bit of marshmallow mm-hmm. in it, ooh. even yeah. extra. Yeah. Festive. Better, so, yeah, yeah, it was at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> I also sure. know that from my leaner times. <laughs> um, uh, last segment. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies! All right, so we've gotten some New Year's resolutions for folks. Um, anything else that we want to add for people's homework? Um, this I, re- I mean, just go go- do some Googling. I found some good articles from, like, Googling stuff about diet culture and um, how to kind of heal from it. And it's pretty interesting, good stuff. Not just for lady people with lady bodies, but every possessing all types of bods. Um, very important. I also recommend there's this book, and this is going to sound so weird, um, but... Um, the title anyway it's called the sexual politics of meat and it's kind of the i know it sounds so strange but it's like the intersection of like food politics feminism and like vegetarianism and it's like it's by carol j adams you had me until Mm vegetarian just kidding no it's so good though but like it just like the commodification of women's bodies Mm. how women's bodies take Mm. up space how we treat women's bodies as like objects it's very intense and good you'll read like half a chapter your brain will be bent you'll need to take a break it's like that kind of book where it's really it it's a lot it's dense it's good recommend awesome awesome. Stephanie read Roxanne Gay Mm. yeah if you don't want to read the book there are a lot of good articles Mm -hmm. just check it out audiobook too is audiobook so good I can't find the title for the book, and I was struggling when we were prepping for today's show, um, but I will look it up and put it in the show notes. And basically, I found this book, and it's basically about body shaming, mm. but the book was all these women who did this project, and they um, they submitted photos of their bodies, which seems mm-hmm. a little weird for a book because it's yeah. like, nudes, um, but they put all these, with, and they put them without heads because of like protection of whatever. But, Privacy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and so the whole point of it, cool. and it's geared for teen girls, and so the oh. whole point of it is like, your body might look like this, or like this or like this or like that or like that or like that and all of it is fine yeah. and it's really amazing so the book is That's divided cool. into sections uh, yeah. I know when I, I bought I it because I was like that. I'm going to give this to somebody and then I was like well I don't know who to give it to because it feels weird Yeah. so I've just <laughs> kept it yeah. and like talked with my nieces about it but it's amazing and so I'll, I'll put it in there for people that have um, awesome. daughters or want to have that conversation Absolutely, so. Stephanie thank you for coming on this and having so a joy. conversation thanks for having us. me yeah, absolutely bye bye, bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies podcast is reading a book. A book. We're going to read White Fragility. By Robin D'Angelo. Please pick up your copy at King's Book or your favorite local bookstore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, get it soon because you need to read it by the end of November. Otherwise, you're going to fail this assignment. (laughs) Go ahead and read it. Post comments online. Use the hashtag ReadLessBasic. Bye. Bye. My, your New Year's resolution, don't hate yourself this year. You're going to be okay. Exactly. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We We fly fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.